Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of Top of the Tier. My name is Samantha and I'm joined by my school companion, George Robbins. <laughs> I'm going to change it every single time we speak. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to be creative. Uh, how, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Doing better than good. a few weeks ago. We took a break because I had a really long exam period and stuff. Good mm. to be back and um, we've already got a guest lined up for next week. So it's going to be we weekly have. from now. We have. I mean, he's a guest that, I mean, we'll let you into a little spoiler that we we already recorded with, but we had some issues. So it's going to be... Redone next yeah, week. Be back. You'll get but to hear the perspective of a of a Norwich City fan, which will be interesting. Yeah, it will be a good good insight to the championship as well. And like, um, he actually knows a cu- I think he actually went to school actually uh, <laughs> with a couple a couple of players from Premier League, which you'll oh, find really? out next week. Did, actually, did he I say that? Think, did he say that? I don't. I, don't I can't know. remember, but I just realised. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's they'll true. find out next week. But how have you been, George? Last few weeks. Uh yeah, I've been. I mean, I've been craving recording again. You know, it's, it's just been. <laughs> I just, well, to be honest, so I I work and I'm furloughed from work, so I'm basically at home, like a lot of people are right now. So um, it's just kind of a case of I think I keep myself is. busy. Really, I guess the football's kind of come as a bit of a a bit of a distraction. Um, yeah, something to take your mind off things, I suppose. Um, yeah, I've, I've not been too bad, mate. Not been too bad. Yeah, I think we'll go straight in, straight into it. Like United have really picked up their form. Like I know it's been a bit weird over the last week and a half, but before that, we really picked up our form. And we got to what we're. I think we're still second now, aren't we? We say pick. I mean, you picked up your form. I guess since last time we spoke. Um, yeah, since the probably. Last time. But I mean, the last the last the last couple of games, you dropped some points, haven't you? Yeah. The, the draw at Everton against Everton, the draw against. Who else did you draw points to? Arsenal. Yeah, well, you drew with Arsenal. You drew. With I mean, yeah, Everton. yeah. We lost. We lost to Sheffield United, and then yeah, we drew. To, we drew to Arsenal. I don't know if people follow me on Twitter, but I was like, we need to stop dropping points to these lower table teams. Yeah, and you got like one retweet because no one found. No, one. no, no. I I got a few. I got a few, but I tell you what, you did. You you got a hell of a lot on one tweet about we'll, Harry Maguire. We'll, talk, the we'll other day. talk about it in a second. We'll talk about that. Actually, actually, let's go straight into it. But we we'll talk about United, yeah. so. Yeah, you know what? It's like, offensively, we've looked fine. Like, we're creating a lot of chances. We're getting into positions. But, like, especially Martial, I think we've discussed it in the podcast beforehand. He just has been a shadow himself recently. And we thought, like, he would. He came back after that, um, you know, when we beat Southampton 9-0. Yeah. It's actually crazy. Like, every time Ole's actually faced any adversity or, like, it looked, it, it's looking a bit peak or whatever... We have a crazy, insane result. Like there was a time when we beat City away, or um, I think we beat Chelsea yeah. at home for a big one as well. And now we just matched the Premier League record by winning nine nil. And Marshall, Marshall's been out of form all season, really. I mean, yeah, he's... that's the thing. I think so. We expected him to like um, get back in form after Southampton, but again, he's just looked so wishy washy. And the thing is, it's like I remember someone asked me like, a couple of years ago. I was. I was just more sure of Rashford making it than Martial. I'm still not sure what he is like. What, but he hasn't really mm. like, like taken that position. Like you look at Rashford, he still makes an impact wherever he is. And I, and the thing is, Rashford's like, quietly having a very very good season. Yeah, yeah, very, uh, yeah, really really good season. Yeah, I I think most of the attention, rightly so to an extent, will go to Bruno, obviously, because um, he's, you know, I mean, he's got goals and assists wise from midfield, he's probably been player of the season. So. 
it's going to go to him. But I'd say, yeah, Rash, Rashford's had a very good season. Um, I mean, he's he's improving year on year, really. I mean, I, I was it was pretty crazy finding out the other day. What was it? It was two hundred. It's two hundred fifty appearance. Yeah, two hundred fifty United. Appearance. You know, he's what, already twenty three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's twenty three. That's it's just crazy. Mad. I I I'll just get the I've got the numbers up. But look, sixteen goals and eleven assists this season. Very good. Which is very, very balanced good. and like what's this? What I'd what's say still, I'd say probably him and left. him and Bruno have been your most consistent performers all season for sure. But the thing is, even with Rashford, he's missed quite a few big chances. Like even against Everton, yeah. even against like there's even um, even last night actually, um, United played against um, not last night, the night before United played against West Ham in the FA Cup, and he missed a good chance. Like there's been he needs to improve on his like. I'm gonna say an NBA term, but clutch, those clutch <laughs> shots, those clutch um, key decisive moments. I feel like he's not been. He's, he's not um, taken. He takes them in big games. He takes them in really big games, but the lesser games, yeah. which are still important, he he seems to just shy short of them. Well, he's been he's been big on, on and off the field really this season, and he Rashford so uh, he's made quite a big impact outside of football as well. Yeah, so yeah. I, I mean, he's probably I'd, I'd say out in terms of. Opposition players that I admire and like, like I think Rashford's probably right up there. I think he's one of my yeah. favourite play, opposition players. Just I think purely because of what he's been doing as well. He seems like a really nice guy. So For sure, um, he literally fought against the whole government by himself, and, yeah, and he won. He won, which is the most it's actually incredibly thing. worrying how it took just the footballers, uh, <laughs> just what one Premier League footballer to kind of force the government into realizing that you know. <laughs> there's uh, there's issues going on in the world with... yeah and it's actually a really important issue like the UK yeah. shouldn't be having like those child I know we're going really off topic but it's like even the even UNICEF even UNICEF um, wanted to come and like help it's just a bit mad what's going on but fair play to Rashford but I just I don't know it makes you think though like if one like not even football but if one famous person does this with because the thing is what, what helped Rashford was not just that he had like like the money in a sense to help out financially but he had the influence he has like mm. a lot of people behind him he has a, he's a, he has many many fans so you make makes you think like well people are going to listen to someone like Marcus Rashford because he's a bit he's an idol to people yeah exactly if you want to fight against the government you need people with a big backing or you need people yeah. with a big influence and stuff like that so hopefully it leads to more people because there's so many still there's so many issues still within the UK that we need to fix so hopefully more people step up sure I mean, United players in general, really. I mean, Luke. I was saying Luke. I said, well, I said Rashford and um, yeah, Fernandez yeah. probably the most consistent players. But actually, Luke Shaw's been very, very good this season. Honestly, he won Player of the Year last season. Yeah, not one United fans can say that he deserved it. Like he just yeah. got it out of like choice. Even though, like, because people were saying like maybe Pogba should have got it, but he had been injured throughout the season, and like Bruno was only there for six months. So Shaw kind of got it out of like just. He was the next best alternative. Like he was, mm. even though that even that still is subjective because I'll be arguing Lindelof and stuff. But um, well, it's actually crazy. I mean... And I said I I was one of the people that was calling for him to go, not go but like be replaced. And we obviously wanted Regulon, but obviously um, Real Madrid put that clause, and we were in complete we were completely right to say no to him. So we got Tellers, who was our backup choice. I can't say I've been completely impressed by him, but what he's done is he's improved Shaw. Like Shaw's yeah. now Shaw, Shaw, Shaw's now realised that 
and to step up otherwise he's going to take on position and the Euros are in the summer and now yeah. you look at Chilwell like Chilwell was so ahead of Shaw for the left back slot but whilst you look at it now and Shaw's completely turned it around like he's he should be the starting left back for England and I don't even he think, deserves I don't it. think Chilwell will be starting fullback for Chelsea at the moment I mean two yeah, goals in the first game yeah. played Alonso so yeah and Alonso scored and then I think he kept clean t- two clean sheets and then Chilwell came back in and they haven't kept a clean sheet I think if and you it, actually go back to like a few of the podcasts in the past I've probably slagged off Luke Shaw because I just thought there's no like, there's no way a team competing for top four and the even the title should have Luke Shaw at left back, but he's just completely proven me wrong. That's I think that, as you say, in large part, that's due to Teller's signing, really. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Yeah, fully, fully, fully. And I was, because the thing is, like, he just didn't create an assist. Like, um, I think I even put up a stat on the podcast of you, like, last season, where mm. it was like, he's only created, what, four or five assists in his whole time at the club. And I think this season already he's got four or five. So it's definitely kicked him on and he's looking very good. Like, so on like both the, ends the, the, the one day fullback, and particularly from left back, you're getting a lot in the Premier League this season that um, contribute a lot towards the offensive side of things. Yeah, and I mean, you need I, to. And you need to, especially exactly. for a top team, especially when a team plays a lower block. Like, you need your left back to be attacking. Like, you need your left back to. And that's been the issue with um, Wan but. Even to be fair, even he stepped it up a bit in the um, even scoring in the last goals. Yeah, and he doesn't. That's score the thing. Door, I think but... it's kind of the it's kind of the Liverpool blueprint. I think they think a lot of teams have looked at Trent and Robertson, who are you know was so, so so good for like two or three seasons, and just thought we need to have fullbacks that kind of bomb forward at every opportunity. So I mean, you have got the likes of Tierney at Arsenal. You've got um, Shaw at United. You got you got loads really now that are kind of following that that mould. Yeah. Well, even the last year's Champions League winners, Kimmich and um, yeah. Alfonso Davis. So, I think Kimmich is the best centre mid in the world, personally. I Wait, think. just quickly, I think Davis got Team of the Year, didn't he? FIFA Team of the Year. Have you seen it? So did Kimmich. Yeah, I'm fairly sure. I haven't seen. I'm, I I can't fully remember who it was, but I'm fairly sure the midfield was Kimmich, Bruno, and um, De Bruyne. Um, yeah, I think Bruno was rated ahead of De Bruyne, wasn't he? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I mean I, I, I mean, don't know he he's been insane it's crazy though it's like with Bruno like even again against West Ham like sometimes his passing is so so off but the mm. guy just knows where to be and he just he just gets goals and it's just, it's just insane like if he played in the Premier League like his whole career like he I would generally think he like he would score more goals than Lampard like obviously he's not gonna ever catch up because he he's missed what five four or five years but mm. Just his productivity is actually just insane. That's, I mean, this is it's a rare thing for a, a midfielder to have such good productivity in terms of the goals that he scores. I mean, that's the thing, like as you say, even if he has a poor game, um, you you always know that at, one, at some point in the game he's going to create a chance to score a goal. Um, that's just kind of I, I, I mean, any team really needs that. It's like it's something that you know as an Arsenal fan we've been lacking for so long. Just someone in the middle. Yeah. That not only that creative threat, but someone that actually can score goals from midfield. It's quite, it's quite see, a rare, a rare thing. Did you see thing. his first goal against Everton? Uh, yeah, brilliant goal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> literally, just standing there, no backlift, bang. It looked, it was weird because it looked incredibly it, lazy. But it at the same like time, cross, it, it looked like a cross to Cavani initially, and I was like thinking that. But then you look at it properly, and it, it was definitely he's going to be a key player for us, obviously, for many years. And he should be realistically, he should be captain. Like he's, he seems more of a leader than Maguire. Yeah, so he also has been very good for United. Is Scott McTominay? 
the thing is though it's like with McTominay he's Great actually game. I don't know the thing is he's added goals to his game which is brought out an element but he's got energy about him I'm still not sure like his passing is rugged like I think he's a great player through the eye test he looks decent like just looking at what he's done this season and stuff like that but he's at, like obviously he's important because the goals he's added and like the decisive goals he's added and stuff and maybe I don't know I, I'm still not I'm still like I did I did I have been like I've believed in him since like Josie came in like there were a lot of United fans that um just wanted it didn't feel like he was good enough he was ever going to be good enough and stuff like that and I I still backed him I think like, I, I think he'd him. fit I'd think he'd fit in nearly every side in the league Tom I, I, I think he's I think he's again he's a bit of a rare breed in terms of he's not, I'm not comparing him to Vieira but he's kind of that sort of build where he's you know really tall strong gets gets goals kind of bombing forward also go on the defensive end I think he's I think he's a very good player. I, I mean, like him and Fred for a while, like they've been quite a good combination. But for, I mean, Fred's not. I don't. I don't think Fred's anything special. Yeah, I don't think. For, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if he's United quality. Even though he's been good, in he's had some good. He's been games, good in so. patches. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but he's been nice. But he's yeah, he's doesn't seem like great. Maguire, obviously United. So United drew three all against Everton, mm. and to be fair, we. Played pretty well. Like we scored, we had we had quite a few chances. Rush, obviously, I mentioned a bit earlier, but Rashford missed like a great chance, a great one on one. It's actually so annoying. Like I don't know if you've seen the screenshot of it was like the ninety fourth minute. Yeah, the ninety fourth minute was I think it was six seconds past the ninety fourth minute where Dea had his free kick. Yeah, and instead of like just clearing it, hoofing it, he like he like chipped it, and everything obviously intercepted, and then they built their way, and then. Twinzabe gave up, gave away a cheap free kick, and then um, I think you might. Um, do you want to describe it, George? What the what the the goal? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like Maguire was just playing everybody everybody on side, wasn't he? It was just like in the. I mean, there was a line defensive line that all United players were sticking to, and Maguire was just like yeah. five feet behind it, just standing That's on his own. So here, so basically, yeah, I was watching that goal and I straight away I, I noticed it, yeah, and then I took a picture of it. I was just saying, what is he doing, yeah, mm. and then that tweet just went crazy. Like I think it's got, I think it got over two thousand retweets and like five thousand likes. Where we got like one million impressions, so yeah. it just yeah. Did they talk crazy. about it on Monday Night Football? <laughs> yeah, even in Monday Night Football, it was like um, it's actually crazy. Like I don't like I've stopped watching it for the past few months and then I randomly turn it on. And then I just randomly hear, I've been getting sent that tweet of Harry Maguire. It's time yeah. we analyse it or something. So obviously Sky Sports own the rights to it. So they just showed the video instead of showing the picture. So they analyse it. And Imagine the they showed is, like, a picture of your Twitter account. <laughs> life, a, life a defender and a goalkeeper's hard. Because if you make one mistake, then you're always just going to be subject to, the thing subject is, though, to hate and the abuse th- for it. The thing is, though, apparently so many people were saying that um, he's done it before. And you look at how many individual mistakes he's made against Leipzig and against... There's so many different things that he's done, and it's just like I just don't understand. Like to be fair, Monday Night Football was saying, yeah, he dropped because he dropped back because he wanted to be the one to head it away, but that just goes against the principles. Like you can't just—it's a team sport. Like you can't just say I'm going to be the one to bring it back. And like they were just—they were sort of saying like um, he is at fault, but. It was yeah. just because he wanted to. He was just over eager to head the ball. But bro, you're not like ten years old. Like you, you're the, you're a captain of Manchester United. You're twenty five years old. Like you're. Is he twenty? I think he's twenty six now. But um, 
you can't just do that. Like, yes, obviously Keane headed it to Calvert Lewin, and then Calvert Lewin scored, and then <sighs> De Gea, man, De Gea. But De, I mean, De Gea's been, I, I don't think De Gea's been the same goalkeeper for like the last two years. You know what's what's the, the craziest thing is the fact that the 2017-18 season where United finished second, De Gea was insane. That was his best season for the club, yeah. And then the World Cup, the World Cup changed him. Like those mistakes against Portugal, I can't. I think he made mistakes earlier as well. That just, I think that just completely shaped his career. Like he's just, he just became a lot less confident, a lot less. Even his like his main thing was shot stopping, and he's just not been as good as that as, for that as well. So it's just been, it's just really disappointing when you because when you compare it to, <laughs> I was I was gonna say Allison, but we'll talk about it in a second. But and Edison, and you look at. They are great goalkeepers, but they command their box. But also, their distribution is so so good. Whilst De Gea just isn't at that mark now. Like I just, he just no. isn't at that elite goalkeeper. Like it's it's three seasons. It's the third consecutive season where he's been making mistakes and he's looking shaky. And like I think it's clear that we are building up Henson again. I'm not sure if Henson will ever be good enough. And like he did, he has made mistakes as well this season. But he's still really young. Well, I thought this season would be the year that Henderson kind of took over from De Gea because everyone was banging on about how good he was last season. I think him and Pope were the two standout goalies in the league last season. Um, when Henderson was recalled to United, I kind of thought, well, he'll probably start Henderson and Henderson will kind of take over. But, I mean, he's not really been given that many opportunities, has he? Yeah, I'm, no, I mean, I think he played, he played against Sheffield United and he made a big mistake and I think he's looked a bit nervy. But against West Ham, to be fair, we kept a clean sheet and he looked pretty good. And I think... Yeah. He, the thing is, he's only been starting cup games, yeah. So I think it's about time he's gonna take over from De Gea. Yeah. Like, for, it's just you know what it is. It's sad. Like, De Gea has been so good for us. Like, he's been every, like nearly every every United fan's favorite player. Like, one of their top three favorite players and stuff for so many years. And I think he won four out of five years. He won our Player of the Year. He obviously signed that contract. Well, I think it's like three hundred fifty thousand a week. He's the highest paid goalkeeper in the world. And it's just a shame that it's just gone out this way. But I, I always wonder what would happen if he'd joined Madrid. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Thinking about a fax machine um, stopped it from happening. <laughs> but I know, like, I'm in, I'm in the camp where I think it's time we let go of him. Like, it's time he needs to find his way because you can't. We just can't for where we want to go. We can't have someone like him who's cons- consistently making mistakes. Like, even if it's, I'm not sure if a loan's the best option, but I would do like a black plus a. For All Black, I would do De Gea plus 30, 40 million to try and persuade them. Because Affleck do seem to sell their players and stuff. So to try and persuade them. True. All Black's only like 28, 29, I think. He's younger than, I think he's younger than De Gea even. So. Well, goalie, goalies can go on a lot longer anyway, even if All Black was quite quite old. I mean, well, how Van der Sar, Van der Sar played till he was like 40, didn't he? You say this, but De Gea seems to be like he's already peaked. So he's already, I mean, yeah, he's, it's true. but declined, so Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I think I, I I kind of thought after the World Cup, I thought the season after, thought it's probably just a confidence thing. But yeah, it's been going on for a little while now, and I kind of yeah, think it's the third season, mate. It's the third season yeah, exactly. where he's been. He just looks shaky, and just like he just doesn't command. He's never been able to like properly command the box. But the mistakes he's made is just so sad to see. Like even against like, did you see the goal, the the yeah, goal, yeah. and yeah. it was just like Cavalier like like chipped it. There was a bit of pace to it, but you think am I being stretching it too much by saying he should have caught it? 
no, no. I think you probably should have. Yeah, you're pretty well. I'm, I'm not trying to be too um, Brexit, but he should have put it. He should have put his body in the line there, really. But he, um, um, it could be worse, mate. It could be, it could be Allison, and do what he did. Lenny. Yeah, <laughs> which means Leno. Le- 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 Leno doesn't really. Le- Le- Leno doesn't make as that many mistakes. He made a whoopsie, he, he makes mate. the he odd made, one. He made that, a that one. That one against Wolves was an absolute. Joke, and I don't actually know what. He I think was he thinking, just. I think but. sometimes like goalkeepers lose their concentration. Like he was just like. <laughs> I think I think he he misread it and he jumped a bit too far and then he thought, oh fuck, I'm not going to get this. So he kind of just stuck his hand out and fuck just it. like, yeah, fuck it, yeah. Mate, I, I think as an Arsenal fan, those last two games. Fuck it, no one's going to see. <laughs> <laughs> but he, the thing is, as soon as the ref like, as soon as the ref like blew his whistle, you could see Leno's face. He was like, oh, I've I've, I've messed up. You could just yeah. see straight away, but yeah. those two games are like probably the most frustrating games of the season. Um, as an Arsenal fan, I mean the, the Wolves game, the first half was literally just complete dominance. Can I um, ask how was? He didn't was score. He's played. He's played. I mean, he he came on um, against Wolves. Was it Wolves? Um, he made his debut. Uh, I can check. For you. Uh, I think it, it it was it was it was Wolves or someone before that. He came on for a little bit, and then the, the only like serious amount of game time he's had was Villa, and he played like half an hour. Yeah, no, it's so frustrating because the Wolves game. I mean, we should have put our chances away in the first half, and then obviously right at the end of the half, that whole incident with David Luiz, which I mean, in my eyes, um, I don't know if I'm just being biased, just wasn't even a penalty, let alone a, a foul and a red card. Like the, the fact the red card wasn't overturned, I still think is absolutely ridiculous. Because, I mean, yeah, I think... it, it literally, looking back on it, I've seen it so many times. Um, Wolf Strikers, his foot, like, like literally, like, the studs scrape his knee. And, like, David Luiz, like, David Luiz has made no intention to, like, he's he's run across him, but he's made no intention to, like, make contact with him. And the Wolves player has just gone down on his own accord. And like how you can look at that and say to me that's a penalty and a red card that uh, honestly baffles me. And then second half after that, obviously we were down to ten men. Uh, Matinho scores like from thirty yards. Can't do anything about that. And then Lena does that. So that was incredibly frustrating. And Villa concede after a minute. And then I mean, rest of the game really they were on the back foot and we were dominating. But I think Arteta in his interview said it right. Basically. The game was lost in in the two boxes, which I guess sounds quite explan- like self self explanatory. But I mean, <laughs> had so many like two on ones, three on twos, and just final ball, final cutting edge was just lacking again. And it's just it was just incredibly frustrating both games. Like how we didn't come out of either of them with at least a point, which baffles me really. Yeah, I mean, I've one question for you. It doesn't seem like Arteta's gonna be sacked before the end of the season, but like. Do you see something about him right, that you can believe in him that he's gonna get you? I back do. In the top I, I do really like Arteta, and I liked. I, I've said this loads of times, but I liked when he first came in and like the kind of change of approach. Um, and I still think, to an extent, we look somewhat better organized. I think under him than Emery, but at the same time, we're incredibly worse off. So there's something obviously missing. Um, again, I wouldn't sack him. I don't. I don't like. I don't like. Um, when teams make kind of knee-jerk decisions, but at the same time, you can't argue with the fact that I mean, we're out of the cup. We're uh, we're not even in I, we're not even in like a Europa League race. We're completely mid-table. We're not even like forget the Champions League, forget Europa League. We're like mid-table is probably the best we're going to get this season. Um, so I mean, Europa League is the only thing we're in, and we're not going to win that. So it, it's yeah, it's it's looking pretty bleak, but. <sighs> 
Mm. I'd stick with him for at least see what he does in the transfer window, I suppose. Yeah, then... I think considering how many, like how much wages he got out this January, was it Mustafi out? We got rid of we got rid of some some players. We've made some decent kind of acquisitions. Um, so, and we we've again like go, we've we've looked better. Like we we've we've looked quite good recently. It's just again, it's just we we're very prone still to making the odd mistake and the kind of lack of cutting edge. Um, and finishing it like finishing in general, it's just that's that's kind of what's let us down recently. Um, yeah. and we, I mean, we're getting big injuries as well at the moment, which hasn't helped. I mean, Party keeps getting injured, which is frustrating because he's he's a really good player. Um, I mean, like every every time I watch him, his passing is like he's brilliant. Um, makes a massive difference, but he's always injured. Tierney, who's been our best player this season, him and Saka probably he's injured all the time. Um, like before his injury he's really picked up like he was looking really yeah. good I know people were saying that he was looking better than Robertson like he'd been the best left back but obviously he's had he's, he's I mean, like everything we do going forward kind of goes through him and Saka uh, which and, and like right now instead of Tini you're playing Cedric at left back who made the C- error Cedric made the error but yeah to be fair like it's weird because Cedric actually has found some form like Cedric's not just starting for no reason like Cedric um during the kind of mini run we had, he he was playing really really well, um, and I think that's probably why Maitland-Niles wanted to leave because he, he I think Maitland-Niles wants to get into the England squad, so he wanted some first team he's, game he's time. Left. But he's left hasn't well he? on loan to West Brom. So um, it's actually interesting because like um, apparently Southampton wanted him, West Ham wanted him. That's that's went, the thing. Went, I, like Maitland-Niles, in my opinion, is better, is better than Cedric, and he's better than Bellerin on his day as well. But like, I, I, I start Maitland-Niles every day of the week. But the thing is, it's clear that he left. He even said no to Southampton because he wanted to start in midfield, and they couldn't offer him yeah, a midfield yeah. slot. So he went to um, West Brom, where he was playing in midfield. But it's weird, though. For I don't know. I don't know if we're going to West with, Brom. with England. I don't know, though, how, he's like, gonna, I don't know how he's going to stand out in midfield. No, exactly, exactly. England as well. Like we've got you know abundance of talent in midfield. We've probably got you know some of the best young midfielders in in the world at the moment, England. So how he how, I mean, I like Maitland Niles, but how he's going to fit into the midfield for that England squad, I don't think he has a chance really. So, yeah, yeah, especially, uh, especially we can even mention like Foden. Like, did you watch the Liverpool game? Liverpool game? Yeah, he was brilliant. Uh, he's uh, he's England's best midfielder, and I, I think insane. the City game. It's, I think it's he's England's cause... best young talent. Forget, forget Madison. Oh, yeah. Forget uh, Greenish. Forget Greenwood. Even like, I think he just is insane. What he can do on the ball, he can ball. Like he can play on either flank, he can play in midfield, he can play as a like even a deeper midfielder. Like he's a very he's basically very he's basically player. what we thought Wilshire was as Arsenal we fans. Is not, we Arsenal Turo fans. Is... Arsenal fans. Because he, he Wilshire for I'm a season way, was brilliant. Um, Foden Foden's been like that for longer. He's younger and he's scoring goals. Like it's more productivity, mm. and he's doing it for a, a side that's yeah. probably going to win the league. So. That finishes yeah, well. brilliant. That finish as well, and just the IQ to like. Just... I just, he's just class. It's just like natural ability. You could see like I watched him for England as well recently, and it's just he's like first touch, his dribbling, the way it sticks to him. He's just a naturally incredibly gifted footballer. Facts, um, facts. So yeah, he's 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 definitely one for the future. I think England's. I think England um, have needed someone like him for quite a while. He's yeah. he's brilliant. It's weird though because obviously Liverpool are without. I think that's the first three choice defenders centre-backs even so it's obviously like it's not the best 
overview of what a United or what a Liverpool City game would be but it's like still the way City dominated and it's like City didn't even have De Bruyne and Aguero and they did that to Liverpool it just is even City's 100 point season uh, came without De Bruyne for like three quarters of the season so um, you know if, if a player of that brilliance isn't actually that important to you then you know you've got a you know you've got a good squad so yeah I mean, they should be challenging for everything really again this season. Obviously, Gundogan's picked up his form and stuff. Like, stuff yeah, like I thought that, it so. for a while there really with City because I mean, with everybody else struggling, with Liverpool struggling, United were probably the one form team in the league other than City. And City had loads of games in hand. They were they were winning games narrowly, but their defense had improved a lot. And I kind of I thought it was kind of just obvious really after a while that City were going to be the team to beat this season. Um, they should be most seasons, really. Yeah, I mean, I can't see. I think they're already what ten points clear once they get their game yeah. in hand. So with Liverpool, yeah, with Liverpool dropping next. off, it's it's all cities, really. I think. Mm. I mean, no, we'll talk about it next week as well, but I think Liverpool have just sort of like lost their spark in a sense. Like they've been going very really at it for two years in a row, and like even Klopp is Dortmund teams, they did slow down and stuff, and we can't like. It's a combination of things, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think. Mean, Hopefully we'll see a close... I don't want to see a team just dominate. So hopefully Liverpool do get that together and stuff. And they get... Um, I think Gomez will be back before the end of the season. I think we should... I think, I'm think i not sure if Matip's out. But they've signed two centre-backs, I think, this window. So yeah. Kabak. Schalke, Schalke defender and then Ben Davis. When I saw Ben Davis sign, I generally thought it was a Spurs left-back. I was so confused. I thought he was a guy you, that you spotted at St. Marie's. I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> I'll never forget, mate. But um, saw saw Spurs left back outside the toilets in Sainsbury's. Great, great memories. <laughs> okay, um, let's just do our quick fire questions before we end. I saw Mohamed El Nenny in Sainsbury's as well. After after we met after we met El Nenny, yeah, yeah, we saw El Nenny outside a Greek restaurant. Nice yeah, then like restaurant. weeks later, I saw him in Sainsbury's. Oh, no. Didn't recognise me. Maybe it's meant to be George. <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right. Um, okay, I've got a question for you quickly. Go Rank Foden, Grealish, Mount Madison. Jesus Christ. So uh, I'd say Foden, then uh, Grealish and Madison. I'd, I'd say probably Grealish, then Madison, then Mount. Uh, uh, Grealish and. Grealish and Madison are, are different, very different players. Like Gre- Grealish is more like Foden in the sense that he's very silky on the ball. Naturally, um, ball sticks to him. He's probably a better footballer to watch than Madison. But Madison's productivity is very good. Very good set piece delivery. Um, underrated, I think, in a sense, Madison. Um, it's interesting. But yeah, I, I, Foden's kind of got both the kind of productivity and the and the kind of Grealish style of play as well so I think Foden's best and Grealish and Madison not sure and then I think Mount's just a little bit behind both all of them that's interesting because like I put Grealish on one tier I mean I put Foden on one tier and then I put Grealish on another tier close to him and then I think there's a couple of tiers separating them to Madison and Mount I think Grealish what Grealish does on the pitch and the team he's in like he's in the worst team out of all yeah. Yeah, and what true. he's done his dribbling ability his influence and just it's just insane what he does on the bit. So I think I just like, think Madison goes deserves... a little bit under the radar. Like he doesn't, I... and he does at the same time. Yeah, like, I think pick I him up for I sure. Think, but you know what I'll say is, you know what I'll say. A lot of people hate on Mount, but I actually, I would, I put him. Yeah, Mount's good. Madison. I put him above Madison. Like I, I, I can actually see him starting for England actually, just because 
he seems more of a central midfielder than Grealish and Madison. So um, they both come up. Be... They both like performed well in the championship, but Madison performed to a better level, and then both of them have kind of stepped it up to the Premier League level, which is hard to do. I think I think Mark's um, been Chelsea, but no, can I say Chelsea? I think Imperia has been their best I, I player this say, season. I want to say yeah. he's been Chelsea's best player this season. So yeah, yeah. I'll put I'll put that. You got a question, George? Uh, let me ask you about your uh, FPL team at the moment this week. Who, who, who are you going to put in this week, the d- double game week? City, Burnley and uh, Everton have double game weeks. Who are you, um, you going to put in? So my competitors might be listening to this podcast, so I have to be very, very careful. So, you get, what, so you're not going to say? What I have to say, So, but I will say it <laughs> because I doubt they'll listen to it before. But um, So I've, I've already brought in Ben Mee last week because they played Burnley at home. I thought I could take advantage of the clean sheet, but... It was a one-all draw, so that he cost me that clean sheet. So I think you need to have a Burnley defender. You need to have a yeah. Burnley defender or Nick Pope. You need to have one of those three. You need to have me, Tarkowski, or Pope. Uh, I've already got Triple City, so I'm set with that. And Cancelo and Stones didn't play um, last night against Swansea, so yeah, I'm happy with my team. To be fair, but it's always City it's always a City don't it's always a very teams. hard. Um, thing to do put in the city player because Pep just rotates all the time. I think yeah. you tweeted it, didn't you? He's the biggest enemy. Yeah, he's a football he's manager. An FPL, an FPL manager's biggest manager's enemy. But, um, yeah, I think yeah, that's it really. I think I've got Calvert Lewin as well. And the, the thing is, the thing is, for example, United. I think Chelsea have a decent fixture as well. So it's not like essential to just fill your team with double game week players. It's just mm. more essential to have the right players. And I think having Triple City, having Calvert Lewin, having a Burnley defense like a, a, someone from Burnley defense should be more than enough but FPL is a funny game we'll have to just wait and see I found that out the hard way this season George it's I've, very tough I'm going to put it in the podcast actually but George I'm going to coach you to a top four finish I think you're you're not, you're not putting this in the podcast because I'm going to do I'm, I didn't want anyone to find that out I'm doing this on my own accord <laughs> okay. I've got no no help no collusion can't, can't be having that to be fair, if Cameron did find this out, he would actually take it to court that we did collude. I mean, yeah, the, the funny thing is people probably think that's a joke, but Cameron probably would. That's just, that's just the type of type of geezer that he is. All right, I think we'll end it here. Thank you for okay. listening, everyone. Um, we've got another episode out early next week, so I hope you come and listen to yep. that. 